What's going down today, Mark? Today we got four-time CrossFit Games champ, Rich Froning, who's also not only one as an individual, but also has one as a team member. And uh, he's out there in Cooksville, Tennessee. Super excited to talk to him today. Um, Rich is somebody that uh, has not been known for being real dedicated to like a diet. He hasn't had a strict uh, diet per se. And there's a lot of videos of him eating Oreos and different things. But I think I think more recently he's changed his tune. He's getting a little older. And so maybe he needs that. I'm not sure. Um, he was dominating the CrossFit games at a very young age. Uh, mid to early 20s um i'm not sure how old he is at the moment but i know that he was uh very dominant kind of right off the bat i'm excited to kind of dive in and see uh what drove him to want to win so many titles so many championships like did he did he lose somewhere along the line or does he hate himself or Mm. does he hate other people or (laughs) or where does it come from just want to be competitive you know yeah i just it's so crazy when you look at the uh Like we were just talking about it, how like the capacity of like these guys, the volume, the training, like everything. Like when, uh, when you were in Ohio, you were talking about how you were watching him and Matt Frazier train and you're just like, what the heck is going on? Yeah. It was wild. Yeah. Uh, and Seema, you said you tried CrossFit for a little bit or you wanted to, (laughs) I wanted to, how did that go? I, 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 I had a trainer at 24 hour fitness that he took me through like a CrossFit type workout and it was like so vanilla. It was so mm-hmm. just like not comparable to what these guys are doing. Mm. And I was dead. I was like, mm, maybe not. Mm. So yeah. I, I ended that dream quite early. Yeah. But um, I think it's going to be really cool to talk to like a young goat. Cause you know, you don't really get to yeah. like when, when you usually talk to the guys that are the greatest of all time, you don't really talk to them while they're still close. They're to, 50. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So we not can 32 see. or whatever he is. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Like if he were to, I mean, we'll ask him, but like if that, um, him kind of coming out saying that he will compete again, like if that it does come out to be true and he wins, is anybody surprised? Yeah. And I wouldn't be. Yeah. yeah. And Frazier's close. He's won three. He's going to compete again this year. So if he wins four, what, what happens? Like, yeah, and Matt Frazier is very dominant, and he's dominant with the pool being a little bit bigger as well. Like, there's mm. more people that have kind of thrown their hat into this. Mm. Um, one thing I find interesting about this, and it reminds me of um, reminds me of a lot of different things. Actually, it reminds me of MMA. Reminds me of strongman. Um, people look at big guys like like me and Sema, or look at you know big guys at a gym, be like, "Dude, you'd be great at strongman." It's like, mm, no, not not out of nowhere, we wouldn't be. And, and, uh, you know, one person might be better than the next, uh, but you're not going to be great at it out of nowhere. It's going to take a lot of practice. I've had people, you know, I've gone to a lot of MMA fights and things like that. And people are like, dude, you should get in the ring. It's like, (laughs) uh, that, that has really not, you know, the way that I'm built has actually nothing to do with the execution that those guys have in the ring and CrossFit's like that, Mm -hmm. you know, CrossFit, if you're not CrossFitting, then uh, you're you're gonna have a really hard time with it. Yeah. If it's if you haven't tried something before, like if you're in really good condition and you run a lot, um, yeah, you'll be okay when you hit a heavy bag. But you're still gonna be way out of breath. You're still gonna lose your legs if you're doing some like Muay Thai on a uh, on a uh, bag and you're kicking and punching and your your intensity is real high. Even if you're used to like doing it in some other capacity, if it's not the same. Uh, and that's what makes CrossFit so different. It's like, we're going to test you out and all this weird different stuff that you may not have ever been exposed to before. They've, uh, 
they rode bikes on bike trails. They've, uh, they did trail runs. And then when they were done with a 4k trail run, uh, through rigorous, uh, terrain, then they did like a, a, la- a deadlift ladder. And, uh, some of the girls went up to 400 pounds. Some of the guys went to, went up to 600 pounds. I mean, it's just, you can look at it as like a power lifter and say, Oh man, these guys are weak, but take it into the context of what they're doing. And you realize how strong they are. And then mm-hmm. on top of that, most of these guys don't really weigh more than 200 pounds. So they're, they're I mean, <laughs> a three times body weight deadlift after you ran a 4k and you're not just running, you're competing. So mm-hmm. it's, I have a lot of admiration for these guys. And so excited to talk to Rich today. Right, I'm going to try to connect with them now. Yeah. Well, We'll get him on the horn. I also am interested to see like how he's monetized stuff. You know, that that's a really interesting part of the game too, because CrossFit a few years ago, I'm sure it was a lot harder, but you know, yeah. he's won multiple <clears throat> championships with that. That gives him a paycheck. They actually pay you when you win. And I think it's, you know, a few hundred thousand dollars, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not something you can just automatically live the rest of your life off of okay. without working. And, but he's got, you know, contracts with Rogue and with Reebok. And um, I think he's made a great life for himself off of that, which is awesome. Yeah. yeah. Do you know if it's like um, kind of like in the UFC, you have to have certain sponsors or you can only have like Reebok kits or whatever. Do they have like a um, like a stronghold on the athletes the way the UFC does right now? Reebok, uh, you know, I don't know the current status of all that, but Reebok used to basically... Um, Reebok and CrossFit kind of own the CrossFit games together. Um, Reebok didn't really have a say with anything else. And so like with uh, our products, the slingshot products could appear in everything. And then once the games came along and the games got bigger and bigger, then people had to, you know, turn the knee sleeves inside out and things like that. So um, it's a little bit like the UFC where, you know, they, they're trying to promote what they got rather than, you know, promote, people that aren't necessarily uh, uh fit in the bill you know yeah i see a lot of guys wearing like nikes nike metcons and stuff i wonder if they really care about that or or not you know like for certain competitions you're only allowed to wear certain type of knee sleeves in powerlifting or yeah i think i think um in in the crossfit games i think that uh more recently that has changed i i don't think i think they give you shoes you know, I think mm. they give you all that stuff. So, um, yeah, you get you get like quite a bit of like free stuff. You get outfitted pretty good head to toe. Um, and then you're also doing so many different things. So it's like you're swimming, you're biking and they, you know, they give you sh- shorts for this workout and um, a bathing suit for that workout. And they, they, they provide you with everything. So I don't remember where they left off. I, I do know what you're talking about because there was a few years where there was uh, Nike kind of appearing. Yeah. And I actually, uh, at one of the CrossFit games, I ended up talking to, uh, some people, uh, that were with Nike and, uh, they were kind of bragging. They're like, we're just, we just do what Nike always does. We just sit back and wait, let everybody else spend their money. And, uh, we'll just let, we'll just let CrossFit come to us eventually. And, uh, who knows? I mean, it might be the, uh, Nike CrossFit games at some point. I don't know. Shoot. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean. I love the Metcons. Yeah. <laughs> I love those shoes. They're well, my favorite absolute training shoe at this point. Nike does a great job. I mean, there's just no other way to put it. They've been a Fortune 500 company for the last 20-something years. And, yeah. And they do they do a great job. And, and they have also, you know, they've done a great job infiltrating CrossFit. 
and they do a great job with you know all the different sports they get involved in. Boom! That sounded like success. Rich, Rich, uh, Rich Froning actually uh, bench presses more often than most CrossFitters too. He's actually pretty strong. I think I want to say I've seen him do. I've seen him do multiple sets and multiple reps with three fifteen on like a floor press. Like, look at his chest. Like we were just talking about <laughs> yeah. how big his chest is. I'm not surprised at all that he can actually do that. And they're like, it's just so crazy, you know, the amount that they do. I wonder what their pain threshold is. You know what I mean? Like when you look at what they do versus other sports, that's painful. Yeah, it's brutal. Oh, here we go. Hey. <laughs> there we go. What's up, Mr. Froning? Hey, what's Sorry. up, handsome? Here we go. How's it going? <laughs> Oops, it's going great. You know how this technology works over there, buddy? Do they have this kind of stuff in Tennessee? No, it's kind of slow. It's slow with the times here, but <laughs> nah, we'll get I it. Don't ever, I don't ever use Skype, so. Well, look at you're you're doing it now, buddy. There's nothing you can't do. <laughs> no. I'm here uh, joined today by Ensima Yang and also my co-host over there, uh, Andrew Zaragoza. Awesome to have you on the show, man. Super, super excited. So let's uh, let's kind of dive right in. I know you know some people have seen you uh, on some videos in the past, eating like Oreo cookies and eating a little bit of of what you want. And uh, has has any of that stuff changed? And additionally, um, do you kind of eat recklessly, or did you used to eat recklessly, or is that just like kind of them just capturing you eating Oreos? No, I mean I. You know, up until probably the last uh, two or three years, yeah, I, I really didn't pay attention quite as much to my diet. Now, obviously, they took snapshots of like competition weekends where, you know, I'm <laughs> calories. Um, you know, I, I I was a little bit more uh, cautious, I guess, than that. But yeah, in the last two or three years, I've been a lot more cautious. Since I uh, turned 30, it turns out you can't just uh, eat what you want and recover like you want. Uh, doing that type of stuff. So actually, in August, I started doing intermittent fasting. Um, I started doing the 16 and 8, and I really, really like it. So um, it's uh, – I honestly, I was going to do it for a little while while we were in kind of off-season. And with CrossFit, they changed everything up, so we haven't really had an off-season. Uh, but once I got back into training, I was like, I'll see how it goes and, and see if I still like it. And, man, I, I still like it and really – as long as I get enough calories the day before – uh, I feel good to go the next day. And so uh, I can do usually uh, two or three training sessions before um, I eat again. So I'll go one to nine. So 1 p.m. <laughs> to 9 p.m. And uh, I really like it. That is really fascinating because you're, I mean, you're known even in CrossFit where these people are, a lot of you guys and girls are working out a lot. You're known for working out a ton. And I, I've even heard people say like, they've been on vacation with you and they've been to these different events and they're like, dude, Rich is like over there doing cleans and doing floor presses. And they just said you are constantly working out. So the fasting has been working okay for you, uh, even with the amount of, uh, uh, workouts that you do. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, man, I really love it. And kind of my problem was, is I would, I would eat in the morning anyway and eat breakfast. And then I'd kind of forget to eat the way we would train all day. And if I get busy and I'm not thinking about food, I don't get hungry. Obviously, if I'm just hanging out, um, it gets really hard to do the fasting thing because at one or, you know, like 12 o'clock, I'm like, okay, I'm starving now. But as long as I stay busy, I'm good to go. So I used to eat in the morning, 
uh, for, you know, wouldn't eat all day or maybe take a shake or something and then eat again at night. And so I was kind of doing it, but not um, super strict with it. What, what I really like about this, though, is it makes me eat in the middle of the day. So by the time I train again in the afternoon, I feel feel good where I used to. By the by the end of the day, I was pretty much shot. Those last probably last training session was um, a lot less productive. We won't say garbage, but it was pretty close to garbage at that point. And so um, I, I really like doing the fasting thing now. So do you notice like a benefit as far as your training is concerned or do you notice like does are you do you not as, have as much energy or are you just feeling really good? Uh, a mix of both, man. I feel I feel good. I uh, feel clear headed. But I also I mean, I, I don't I'm not sluggish or anything like that. Like I said, it really helps that afternoon training session. Mm. And like I said, as long as I'm, I'm getting enough calories in the morning and I have been working with uh, RP strength. And so I was doing their templates last year. And so I've kind of taken the template that I was using and moved it into that nine hour or the eight hour period. And so uh, I'm trying to get the same amount of calories. Like I'm not restricting my calories by any means. I'm still getting the same amount of calories. I'm just doing it within eight hours. And so honestly, as long as I, like I said, as long as I get enough calories the day before, that next day I feel good to go. No, my training doesn't suffer. Uh, I mean, I, we swam this morning. I could train again. And we, we're leaving for China tomorrow. So today's kind of a a goofy day training wise and trying to get everything ready and, and good to go. Uh, we compete on Saturday, which is technically Friday here. Yeah. So it's going to be a little bit chaotic. And what I really like about the fasting thing is I get up in the morning and I don't have to worry about, you know, getting food ready and getting out of the house. Like I can just go. The hardest part is, you know, like pouring my kids a bowl of cereal and not stealing a bite or two you know? <laughs> and trying to teach them about taxes, but uh, it's hard. That's the hardest part. How do you manage your day? You know, uh, you must be very busy with all these workouts that you have to do to be a high-level CrossFitter. Uh, on top of that, your um, business has grown. You've been able to monetize exercise, let's just say, and uh, you've you had your own, you have your own gym and stuff like that. So, how do you kind of organize your day uh, with the mix of family, business, and CrossFit? Yeah, it's hard, man. It's um, you know, and there's days that I do it better than others. Um, I try to, you know, when I look at, you know, right now, I'm only going to be able to compete for the next probably couple years, um, as long as I feel like I'm still productive and, and I don't compete just to have fun. I compete to win. And so as long as I feel like I can still do that, I'll still compete. But, you know, my number one goal is my family. Um, every day, that's the number one goal. And then from there, um, training, because obviously competing is, is kind of what, um, you know, time wins in, in the long run. And so I know that I've got a closed window for that or a small window for that. So that's the, the big thing I do. And then luckily I have a great, great group of people that run the gym for me and help me out with the different stuff. And um, I put different people in charge of different things that we do here at the gym. And they, they pretty much run it like um, they think it should be ran. And, and any major decisions, we, we come back and forth and talk about stuff. But uh, I've got a great group of te- great group of people and a great team um, around me. And, and the cool thing about it is the kids are getting old enough to where, um, you know, they come out to the barn with me. I train a lot at the house. Um, if I do come to the gym, they can come to the gym and hang out. And, you know, uh, my daughter now, you know, she's swinging around on pull-up bars and, you know, jumping on things and swinging on rings. And my son is a mass chaos, just throwing everything out of bins and running around. So as long as they're busy and having fun, that's, that's what I want, what I want them as close as they can be, as long as they're not in any type of real danger um, at, with us at the gym. So it's, it's pretty cool to see just the little things that they pick up on. You know, my daughter, she'll be five in July, and she was so pissed the other day that she couldn't <laughs> jump. 
times, like, like through the jump rope. I was like, like, we got to like chill out for a second, back up. Like you're going to practice. I am practicing. And she just could not fix <laughs> oh, it. And then uh, handstand walk. She can almost, she can get like two or three hands, uh, handstand walking. And, and it's pretty see. And I've never once been like, Lake, let's do a workout. It's just, you know, she just watches and she just wants to be a part of and, and uh, wants to do the things that dad does. And it's, it's awesome and, and kind of scary to see the things that they pick up on where I've never once told her, hey, let's do this. It's just that's what she wants to do. I saw uh, one year you were going out to the CrossFit Games and you were competing as an individual and uh, you had your whole tribe with you. You had the wife, you had the kids with you, and I think you had an infant with you, I believe. And a lot of people were like, oh, you know, he's done. Like, he's not going to be able to win. Like, yeah, he's got a kid, but now he's got another kid. And like, I don't see this uh, happening. And you're still able to pull it off. Um, how, how have you been able to block out the noise to become a four-time world champion? Uh, I think you just use some of that. You know, when any, any time anybody tells you you can't, um, you guys know, any, any competitor knows that's when that's kind of, that's all the motivation you really need is to uh, have somebody tell you that's not, you know, either nobody's done it before or it's not possible. That's, that's the deal. And, um, I just, it's every year or something. I get too old or too many kids. Now you have three kids. Granted the kids thing, that's the hardest part. The, uh, <laughs> age thing, you know, you know, doing all right with that right now, I actually feel better than I have probably in the last three or four years, but the kids, you know, it's just, you don't want to take too much time away from them. And the, the biggest thing for me, and that's the reason I stepped away as an individual was, uh, when I wasn't training, I was still thinking about training when I was an individual. I was obsessed with it. You know, I woke up every morning. My goal was to be the fittest on earth. It was to win the CrossFit game every single day. And you have to have that. You have to do that if you want to be a world champion or you want to, you know, excel at what you're doing. And I knew that uh, I didn't want to sacrifice being a dad to have that, you know. So, like, I can still, on the team, I still compete, still train really hard. But when I'm done training, I'm done training. Like I'm not thinking about what I need to do next. And, um, you know, obviously there's some days where I'm like, Oh, I need, you know, I need to get something else in, but it's not as, uh, as big of a stress as it was when I was an individual. I was a, I was a real jerk, you know, I, you know, there's a lot of things that, uh, a lot of family things, a lot of relationship things that kind of got put on the back burner, you know, and, and i some of it, you, you obviously regret, but I mean, that's what you have to do to, to be in that situation. I think. Are you competing as an individual this year, or is that just an April Fool's joke? <laughs> that was an April Fool's joke, yeah. No, I mean, I like I said, um, being on a team, I can still push, and I still have that drive. As an individual, you know, after a couple of years of being individual, you just kind of – I feel like I'm still probably close to that fitness level. You know, there's obviously days where I feel like I'm above that fitness level, and there's days where I'm below that fitness level. Um, but – to be an individual, you have to have that switch of just like, you know, I'm, I'm ready to, you know, I feel like you have to have something to prove. You feel like you have a chip on your shoulder, whatever it is. I, and you need that. Like if there's, you have five guys and they're all the same physical capabilities, but one person has that mental edge, that's how you win. And I just, as an individual, I don't really have that anymore. You know, I'll give anything for my teams and I'll push as hard as I can for, for the guys and girls next to me. But as an individual, I just, like I said, I don't go to, to get second or third or for a participation medal. I go to win, and I just don't. That's not where my head's at, if that makes sense. What if uh, Frazier won a fourth championship? <laughs> <laughs> it, 
that's that's the the golden question. But um, you know, <laughs> it's just different times. You know, like he's super fit, obviously, uh, great athlete, and so it's just we're we're different different points in our careers and different points in our lives for sure. I just picture uh, like some tumbleweed going in front of you two guys, and you guys having an old fashioned uh, western. what have you noticed because you mentioned earlier that like you started taking a little bit more better care of your health as you you know you started getting a little bit older so what type of decline have you noticed because yeah you're an athlete and you know your body so you definitely can feel certain things what have you felt because it's not like you're you're not old right but you said you felt a decline there's a lot of miles, you know, in this body for a 32 year, or I'll be 32 in July. It's funny how you like up until 30, you're like, I'm 29 and 10 months. I'm 29, 11 months and three days. And now it's like, I don't turn 32 till July. But if anybody asks, I'm always like, I'm 32. There's I give up, you know, like it's, there's no point in delaying the inevitable. Um, honestly, the biggest thing for me has been uh, in 17, the week before regionals, I tore my meniscus and Man, it just, you know, I had the cortisone shot so I could compete that next weekend and then had the cortisone shot about four weeks out from the games just so I could compete at the games. You know, thought, you know, after cortisone shot, you're good to go um, and was thinking, nah, no, don't need any surgery. Well, then after the games, I had to have go in, have it cleaned up. Um, just, you know, some some there was a small tear on the medial side and then I had a chronic tear on my lateral side that I, I never really even knew about. Um, but man, the the recovery after that was a nightmare. You know, everybody's like, ah, it's six weeks and you're good to go. And dude, it was, you know, six months and I'm still couldn't squat below parallel with it about feeling like there was a golf ball on the backside of my knee. So, you know, I did the, did stem cell. I did a couple rounds of stem cell, uh, three different treatments of stem cell, um, hyaluronic acid. I tried the five part series. I tried the three part series. I tried the one part series. And nothing really touched, you know, the biggest thing is like pain I can deal with the pain is the inflammation where I can't, you know, it's limiting my range of motion. And so I actually went back to the doc. This was a full year later with the doc after the CrossFit games because it swelled up again um, during the games. And he was like, ah, you know, I don't see any new tear. He said, we can go in there and just kind of flush it out. And he's an old ex, you know, NFL doctor where he's just like, yeah, yeah, we'll just go in and and clean you up and you'll be good to go. And I was like, ah, let me, let me do some, some research and, you know, try to figure out what my other options are. And, uh, so I took about six or eight weeks where I limited just range of motion, uh, try to do a lot of single leg stuff and stuff like that. Well, then I found this DO in town and he does just, just a ton of different like manipulation and it's strain counter strain therapy is what it's called. It's similar to ART, but it's along the joint and then some acupuncture. And man, it was back in uh, December of this year, uh, beginning of January, right before we went to Waterpalooza. And he basically, I can squat, I can do most things. Obviously, I've got to be pretty smart. Like uh, there's days where if it's a little bit swollen or, you know, if I, I can only run about once a week, twice a week really blows it up. Mm. Uh, sit on a, or I'll do like biker workouts where I'm standing, alternating between standing and sitting. Um, with the standing, at least I'm getting some, you know, pounding, um, you know, like uh, body weight, you know, holding my weight on my feet, but then seated, I can actually get the turnover rate that I would actually do when I'm running. So a little bit of crossover there. And I can, I mean, I'm back to where I can squat, you know, nothing 
probably close to what you guys squat, but I mean, I did 345 for five in a front squat the other day. And so, you know, I'm, I'm getting back to where I'm close to the numbers that I was doing. I just have to be smart. And so very pleased. I, like I said, I'm the best I've felt in a couple of years. I saw you one year, uh, you were running from one event to another and I swear you were like running in slow motion and your supple breasts were bouncing up and down and every woman in the crowd was just drooling and watching you run by. How have you right. been able to kind of keep your cool and uh, how have you been able, you're, you're considered the greatest of all time and you're so young. How have you been able to keep, you know, level-headed? Has your faith in God or anything like that been something that's helped or, or maybe a relationship with your parents or something like that? Yeah, I think, um, you know, obviously my faith is a huge part of what I do. What I do. And my, my tattoo is a Galatians 614. And it's that's basically all about being humble. You know, it's man never boasts anything except for the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ who's been crucified to me and I to the world. And so obviously that's a huge, you know, hey, it's not about me. It's about, you know, God. And, and those are the talents that I've been given. I don't necessarily, you know, think that, hey, God's going to help me win this event, but it's more of like, Hey, what can I do for you? The talents that you've given me and the health that I have and all the blessings that I have, that's my gift back. But also, yeah, I mean, having my parents around that have always been, Hey, we're not going to, we're not really going to do much trash talking. You're going to keep your head down. You're going to work and you're going to outwork the person next to you. Um, my wife definitely keeps me humble because she <laughs> could care less anything about CrossFit, you know, <laughs> you know the first time I snatched, over 300 we did this like little charity kind of competition and we get back and you know everybody's pumping me up and talking about oh you know rich snatched 300 blah blah, blah. and hillary's like i just i don't see the point you know like why would you need to do that and so that's a constant reminder of hey she could care less about anything uh which is good you know like i that's i don't want somebody that loves me only because of of my fitness level and i think honestly crossfit too as a as a program or as that's my sport keeps you humble because you may win an event, but you're going to get your ass kicked in another event, you know? So, um, you, you may be the fittest, but you still get beat a lot throughout the weekend. And so I think, um, for me, that keeps me humble knowing, Hey, I might be pretty good at something, but I'm probably going to get beat, you know, if it's running or something like that. So, um, that's, that's one way it keeps me humble for sure. So in regards to uh, your wife not really caring about your awesome uh, you know, accomplishments and whatnot, um, when you were in the thick of everything, what was the dynamic like when you know, you're know you spending so much time competing, so much time getting better, and yet you have a, a wife at home that's maybe not, <laughs> not super pumped about you know, everything you're, you're actually able to do? So what was that like when you were kind of in the middle of all that? Yeah, there was some uh, there's some headbutting going on. You know, she just didn't realize, you know, if, if why we couldn't take vacation, you know, beginning of June when everybody else does when we compete at the end of July. And it, it's kind of funny, you know, and, and it took a couple of years for her to kind of realize, hey, this is this is who you married. And, and that's, you know, I'm not going to change you and she's not going to change me. And uh, like I said, in the beginning, we we had some because we actually started dating before I ever started doing CrossFit. And uh, she actually, you know, we kind of grew in it, into it together. And that was kind of the beauty of it was, um, you know, everything kind of was the progressive, you know, ramp up to the to where we are now. It wasn't an overnight, you know, just kind of everything changed. So um, we were able to grow into it. She's been nothing but supportive and, and uh, throughout everything. But, yeah, we definitely uh, and still do. You know, there's some times where I'm like, hey. 
I need to go downstairs for 30 minutes. Let me go get something in. And she's finally realized that it's, it's better just to let me move and not be an asshole than if I, you know, so just stressed out and wanting to do something that, um, that it's just bad for everybody. What's uh, something else that's helped in that area? Cause the women in CrossFit are beautiful and they got these tiny little shorts on. Uh, it does including your wife in like, uh, the gym atmosphere and, and, uh, maybe traveling with her has anything like that, uh, addition has helped in, in addition. Yeah, for sure. You know, like, um, she's, she's really good friends with all the girls that, you know, train and, and compete with us. Um, so, you know, some of those girls are her best friends. Uh, she's, you know, obviously we're, we're at the house 99% of the time training, um, and then, you know, it's, it's gotta be smart. Like it, it is hard. Like there's so much, you know, stuff out there that, that could pull you another way. And, uh, the big thing is like making sure you're never alone, ever alone with another person. Like, you know, obviously that goes without saying, but just be smart. Like, don't be an idiot. And that's, she's, she's just super supportive. Like I said, and, and she does travel with me and she, I, it's funny though. She like cherry picks where she wants to go. <laughs> uh, she's going to go to China with us tomorrow, but um, she didn't go to Amarillo, Texas with me two weeks ago. So it is what it is. So she doesn't necessarily, uh, she doesn't necessarily admire your uh, CrossFit capabilities, but she doesn't mind the money that rolled in. <laughs> doesn't mind. I'm going to the story she's probably gonna kill me but she probably never listened to this because she never listens to our podcast either um so she loves girls clothes and with my daughter she was upset like our first daughter was obsessed with with clothes and like the most expensive and all these frills and all this junk and so one night i'm helping her fold some clothes and i take some stuff up to her closet and i open the door and i'm like holy sh-. like how much i'm just thinking in my head dollar signs and i walk back downstairs and i'm like all right, I'm not trying to be a dick or anything. How how much money do you think you've spent on Lakeland's clothes? And she goes, it's a hobby. And I was like, it's an expensive-ass hobby. <laughs> and she, she looks at me dead serious, and she goes, well, CrossFit's an expensive hobby. And I was like, <laughs> what you just said? I was like, that's what paid for all this. She's like, well, you know what I mean. Like, if you weren't so good at it, it would be an expensive <laughs> I was like... Your argument doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So yeah, that's that's basically mine and Hillary's relationship in a nutshell. <laughs> you know what? I'm curious. What is it that built you to like, get into CrossFit? Because you said you started like a little bit after you guys were together. But CrossFit is painful. You know, I did a vanilla CrossFit type workout and I was dead. It was nothing compared to what you do. But what prepared you to be able to handle those types of workouts and deal with that pain day after day? Yeah, we. I was actually talking to uh, somebody about this the other day. I think it's just kind of a mix of, like a perfect mix of everything. You know, my parents, um, growing up, my mom was, um, her parents were farmers. My dad, you know, what well, didn't live on a farm, but it was always, always doing something, always working. Uh, my parents are in any room are the two of the hardest workers in the room. Um, they weren't. You know, we did, we had a lot of chores to do, but they weren't making us do stuff while they were sitting around. Like they were either doing something else or we were all doing the work together. So having them uh, playing sports growing up, you know, high school baseball, a little bit of college baseball. My high school baseball coach was one of my uh, biggest mentors, especially in, in hard work. And he, that was just the thing. We ran more than the track team, I felt like, which was completely worthless. We'd go to the weight room. We'd do these like 
ridiculous circuits that had, and you know, talking to him now, he's like, yeah, dude, I had no idea what I was doing. I was just trying to, <laughs> you guys hurt. And so just the mental side of that, the, you know, the, you know, physical, you know, growing up playing football, being outside. Um, I was a firefighter for four years. That's actually how I found CrossFit. I was getting my degree in exercise science. One of my professors was like, Hey, you should check out CrossFit. You know, a lot of military police, fire guys do CrossFit. And, you know, when I was at the fire station, if we were just sitting around by you know, about five o'clock, you had your free time, you know, it was 24 on 48 off. But after five o'clock, you know, traditional work day, you could, you know, go work out. You could uh, watch TV, hang out. You could actually recline, recline the recliners. We couldn't recline before five o'clock. Um, so most of the guys would just hang out. I'd go back to the gym because I had nothing to do and would just go work out for a couple hours. And they'd give me so much crap because I was always back there. But I couldn't sit still that long. And so I think it was just a mix of all of those things. Um, and found CrossFit and, um, I actually did my first competition and we were on our way to spring break and it was like, ah, you know, there's a lot of fit guys. I don't think I'm going to be in the top 20 You know, I had to be in the top 15 to transfer. So I was thinking, well, you know, if I'm not top 20, we'll go ahead and get an early jump on spring break. We'll end up winning my sectional and, and the kind of rest there. So, yeah, I think, like I said, it's just a, a mix of everything. Not one thing that I can really pinpoint that is the, uh, the answer, but all of that. How many people are in Cooksville, Tennessee? <clears throat> Cooksville, Tennessee uh, is technically, I guess, 40,000 uh, people live in the city limits. There's about four or five small towns that are around Cookville, and everybody kind of works in Cookville. So they say, I think, during the day, there's probably eighty to 100,000 people in Cookville. So it's not – there's more than one stoplight. You know, we have – we've got Chipotle now. we got Chick-fil-A. You know, all the good things, everything you need. How did – how was the fittest man on earth found in Cooksville, Tennessee? Can you explain to people a little bit on how CrossFit uh, maybe used to work? Okay. Yeah. So honestly, I was born in Michigan. Uh, when I was four years old, we moved to Tennessee. And so we've lived here since I was four years old. So going on 28 years. And uh, yeah, I mean, it used to be we had, you know, we started training at, right. I got out of college. We opened a gym. Couldn't afford to call ourselves CrossFit. I won regionals. Dave was like, hey, we'll waive that fee for you if you call yourself CrossFit. So we opened CrossFit Mayhem. And then, um, you know, you win the games a couple times and, and everybody wants to come to Cookville. So now, you know, we have Fraser lives here part of the part of the year. Tia Toomey lives here. Um, who else? Hinshaw, Chris Hinshaw, who's an endurance coach specialist, lives here. Rory McKernan, who's one of the hosts of the games. He's moving to Cookville as well. Um, and we've got a couple individual ex individual athletes that are on our team as well. So, I mean, Cookville's kind of the, becoming the, one of the hubs of CrossFit, I guess you still have the out West stuff, but we're, we're making a push now. But how was it that you were found? Can you explain a little bit how CrossFit works or, or at least worked at that time? Yeah. So it used to be, um, you basically just signed up for a sanctional, uh, or no, a sectional, sorry, a sectional. And you competed at a sectional, and the top 15 from each sectional went to regionals. The top three from each region went to the game, or top five from each region went to the games. And so that was what happened to me for the first year in 2010. Well, then I got second that next year, and they kind of completely changed everything up. Um, and they used to have, well, they still have the open. And from the open, you took the top, well, you go way back, you went. There were 16 regions. Top 40 from each region in the open went to regionals. Top three from each region went to the games. Well, then they changed it again, and you went 
uh, down to eight regionals and the top 20 from each sub-regional or whatever you want to call it uh, went to the regionals. Top five went to the games. Well, then now your guess is as good as mine is how it works. But uh, for the individuals, if you are the top 20 in the Open or if you are a national champion or if you win one of these now sanctionals, you now go to the CrossFit Games. For the teams, uh, for us, the four-person teams, you now have to just win a sectional. So the Open doesn't matter. Um, you just have to go to one of these sectionals, which we're going to tomorrow in Shanghai. Mm. Uh, you win one of those, you go to the CrossFit Games. So the CrossFit Open was really what blew CrossFit wide open, so to speak, because it was uh, internet competition. And like when I think about competitions and I think about you know, maybe some of the biggest competitions in the world. The only thing I can think of that might surpass it would be like American Idol. Uh, but never in the history of fitness has there ever been anything remotely close to this. And in CrossFit, I find it amazing that you can compare yourself to somebody in your age category. Uh, you can compare yourself to somebody in your area, your state, uh, in the country, in the world, right? It's it's a uh, it's unbelievable the way that that has been set up. Have you found that to be like a real big motivating factor for a lot of the people that you've worked with in your gym? This kind of like ranking system of over two hundred and fifty thousand people. Yeah, yeah, I think it's definitely a motivator. Um, you have a lot of people that uh, you know it's it's more accessible because they can just do it here at the gym. And so for us, what we will do is on Friday nights, we'll have what we call Friday night lights. And so it gives people, you know, what's really cool is in NFL or pro baseball, you can't go actually get on the field with Tom Brady or, you know, any of those type of people or play baseball and, and you know, go against uh, Justin Berlander or somebody like that. Um, but in CrossFit, you can go against Matt Fraser. You can go against Tia Toomey. Because you, they're doing the exact same workouts. Granted, you have to have the obviously you have to have the uh, capacity to do those workouts, but you can still uh, do a workout, the same workout or a very similar workout, and compare exactly where you're at against them, which makes it kind of cool for people, I think. And and this is a different dimension um, to any other sport. I feel like. Do you think that there? Do you think that there's anything right now that could get you back to? doing an individual because i know you said how much of a strain it has on like your family how much you have to focus on it but is there anything that could drive you in that direction or do you do you at this moment feel that there's no way you're gonna have to make that sacrifice to do that again yeah, i just like i said I, i've kind of you know obviously i it, it does creep in your mind some days you're like man i've still got it and then other days you're like man i'm glad i'm not doing this anymore um you know it's it there's it would take a miracle, honestly, for it, for it to happen. I just, it's just not there right now. Um, you know, I can't say that that won't change over time and who knows if, you know, Matt's going to win four, that obviously is going to happen. He might win, probably win five. And I, you know, I try to say that that wouldn't creep into my head whatsoever, but who knows, you know, like, um, we're all competitive and, and we're, well, most of us that do CrossFit are competitive and, who knows if that something creeps into my head, but I, you know, it's just, it's, it's comparing apples to, to oranges and all that stuff. So it's just different. And you get a chance to go head to head with him when he's at your gym sometimes. Uh, we did in the beginning and we kind of realized 
quick that it, it's not good for either one of our, uh, you know, he'd beat me, I'd beat him. And it was just like, somebody's going to die. And there's really, we don't, we don't train a ton together. Uh, and, you know, he travels, our, our travel schedules are a little bit different and, and just, there's a lot going on. And we just realized in the beginning, hey, we can do some stuff similar together, but we don't need to go head to head. It's just not, not healthy for either one of us because uh, and it'd really not be healthy for a friendship. How about the team? Since it's so new, like your team has won the most team competition so far, right? Yeah. Well, tied technically, but yeah. Okay. Do you have any uh, long-term goals as far as that type of competition is concerned since it's less of a strain? Yeah, no, I, I'm not a huge, and as, as weird as it sounds, you know, people um, think that all people that are successful have to have goals. I'm not a huge goals guy other than um, when I wake up, you know, we're going to, our goal is to win. You know, like that's my goal. I, I don't really have like short-term goals or anything like that. I have a goal um, that usually starts the day after the CrossFit Games every year, and that's to win the CrossFit Games the next year. And uh, that's, you know, I want to win as many times as we can win and, and keep doing that. And, you know, they've kind of changed it up this year where uh, you can basically make super teams and people don't have to, to train together uh, to be on the same team. And so that's, you know, we're going to have to kind of, um, evolve into that and, and figure that out too. So we've already had to do that a little bit. You know, growing up where you grew up, you know, I see uh, some videos of you guys uh, shooting some stuff and you guys uh, uh, catching footballs while you're going down a, a wet uh, ramp into a pond and <clears throat> just looking like you're having a lot of fun. Do you think, you know, being free like that and being able to run out in the woods and do some you know, do some things that maybe other kids didn't have uh, access to. Do you think some of that was uh, something that allowed you to end up becoming so good in CrossFit just because maybe as a kid you were just constantly like either working and doing a chore or like playing? For sure. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, that's one of the biggest things is I, we grew up in a place where I could literally go outside, uh, get lost, climb trees. Uh, we repelled off of a, a little, little bluff with a garden hose when I was a kid, which wasn't bright. Uh, I mean, and my parents were super supportive. As, like I said, as long as most of the time, as long as we found something to do outside or, or something productive, you know, they were going to let us do it and weren't going to make us, you know, do any chores. So most of the time we would go find our own, own stuff to do. Obviously there were still some chores that had to be done and we did a lot of that stuff, but uh, yeah, being able to, I mean, my parents never really, my dad never told me, know about you know stuff like that it was more be careful and so i try to do that with you know and I, he was there if i was going to fall you know when i was super young but man i climbed trees we jumped off stuff uh, it was just you know we had a and this is the the kind of the, the the story behind the rope climb where i, I didn't make the rope climb in 2010 was we had a, a, a rope in the barn that you know was to climb and so one time i'm trying to use my feet when i'm younger and he's like don't use your feet that's for pussies and so, uh, thanks, Dad. I never learned how to use my feet on a rope climb before the games in 2010. <laughs> that's that. That's the the story on that. But um, yeah, no, my parents were great on that type of stuff. We had we were always outside, and I was a little bit of an adrenaline junkie, and uh, I think that for sure helped. When you oh good oh I know that you said you don't ever force your kids to like you know do CrossFit workouts or anything like that, but obviously you grew up being super active, running around outside um do you are there any things in your house where like you don't have as much electronics or do you have them do things like that oh yeah yeah i mean we obviously uh, 
every, you know, I was one of those parents that was, or people that was like, I'll never give my kid any type of electronics because they just, you know, it's rots their brain. But sometimes you need 10 minutes to yourself, you know, and you're like, take this and we'll be, but I, it's, it's amazing. And it, it actually really stresses me out to watch just how engulfed my two younger, a little bit too young to, they trice my son pays zero attention to anything other than what he can destroy or, you know, what the thing is that he can throw on the ground. But my daughter, oldest daughter, you know, if you give her a phone, it's like, you can't talk to her. She's just completely engulfed. And that scares me. Like, you're just like, all right, if I walk in the house and, you know, she's with a babysitter and she's on the phone, I'm like, all right, let's go. We're going outside. Like I try to limit that as much as I can, but at times you're like, Hey, I need 10 minutes to myself. I need to get something done, whatever it is here. Watch. You can watch. She calls a, she calls an Elsa on the phone, but it's just basically YouTube kids, but man, yeah, it is stressful. And so we have, uh, 90 acres now and we're about to get some bison and, uh, do a little bit of farming. And so basically not nothing crazy, not a huge, uh, huge deal, but I want my kids to have some type of chores and some responsibility. Like they have the ability to grow up, to be stuck up brats. And I want to make sure that that doesn't happen. Yeah. You know, I like what you said about you, you talked about your daughter, like having her phone and then you suggesting, Hey, let's go outside, which is way different than, Hey, I told you to put that phone away. You know, it's a way different thing. You're not telling her what she can't do, but you're giving another option towards what you can do. I really like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You know, she, she's it's it's really cool to see that you know obviously she's a kid and, and electronics are big but she's really big into legos and that's kind of a funny thing and she's like hey you want to go upstairs and play legos and i'm like heck yeah let's go play some legos like you know if i'm instead of just sitting around doing nothing she wants to go play legos and she's four and a half so it's pretty awesome in 2010 when you did struggle with that rope climb was that something that uh, kind of set forth the rest of your career do you think that was a moment that kind of needed to happen to get you fired up to uh, start destroying everybody, basically. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, I um, before that, you know, I'd, I'd let CrossFit kind of become in, in the previous months, let CrossFit kind of define who I was as a human being. And, you know, like I said, my faith is a huge part of, of who I am. And, and that failure made me realize, hey, that, you know, earthly things aren't, aren't what define me as a human being. And, and it really helped me to kind of disconnect from, you know, for a couple uh, months after cross after the games that year, I didn't want to do any CrossFit. I was just like, man, I've got to, I got to get on this. I didn't want to work out. And so it really helped me kind of back up too. And I was like, Hey, why don't you start figuring out how to move better and not necessarily worry about how much weight, but actually doing stuff correctly, you know, because a lot of CrossFitters, uh, maybe not now as, as much, but when we were back then, it was like, Hey, who cares what it looks like as long as I'm getting it done fast, you know? And, and, um, and, and now it's like, all right, let's, let's pump the brakes a little bit and, you know, take the barbell down to 195 or 135 and let's move a bar well doing Olympic lifts before we start to, you know, load our spine and, and, you know, do all that type of stuff. And, and it really helped me, uh, overall doing that for sure. Was that something that did help you to get away from uh, allowing it to define you? Because I've seen, I've seen it kind of burn a lot of other CrossFitters, and I I see it in our sport too, in powerlifting and stuff like that, where the numbers really define you. But uh, how does how does somebody get away from that? Man, it's hard, and and that was the biggest thing where I think, like I said, with my faith, it was um, that's what defines who I am, and and 
you know, people, anything with CrossFit can be taken away from me, but um, that that can't really be taken away. And, and I, you know, for somebody who, you know, faith isn't their thing, uh, I think it's, it's, you know, getting outside of yourself and, and not letting, you know, um, it, it gets so, you know, one thing be who defines you as a human being. Like now, uh, my kids, you know, I, I know that, you know, I'm, I'm a dad first now and, and there's, you know, then there's still our days where I, I let, you know, what happens in the gym or what happens with numbers and all that stuff define me. Like, I'm not saying that that doesn't happen, but, um, every day is a new day and I try to figure out at the end of the day, kind of take a, take a recap and say, all right, I did this well, I did not do this well. What can I do different tomorrow? And, uh, you know, it's tough, you know, there are days where I'm like, man, I was, I was a good dad today. And then there's days where I'm like, wow, I was a piece of shit. You know? and so <laughs> it's, uh, it's tough. And then that's, you know, that's life I think. And, and it's as long as you're moving forward and, and are, are able to be held accountable and can hold yourself accountable and doing those things that, um, you know, aren't necessarily the easy things to, to do. Um, that's, that's good. What about maybe, uh, tricking, tricking yourself a little bit with your training, uh, maybe, uh, utilizing like the conjugate system, doing something that's uh, different. Um, let's say particular CrossFit workout calls for some deadlifts and uh, some pull-ups or something like that back and forth. But rather than doing uh, the actual protocol, maybe you deadlift and you have some chains on the bar. And maybe when you go to do your pull-ups, you're, you're doing a pull-up on a fatter bar or something like that. You know, Have you done things like that, thrown yourself kind of a curveball so that you're not getting too attached to the actual numbers and the actual score, maybe potentially making the workout a little bit harder or maybe making the workout even a little bit easier. Yeah. Yeah. I rarely do um, benchmark workouts. Honestly, uh, I do a lot of variations of benchmark workouts, like uh, just an example the other day, you know, one of the workouts, one of the first workouts I competed in was called Amanda and it's just nine, seven, five muscle ups and squat snatch at 135. Well, a couple of weeks ago uh, we did, it was uh, three, two, one legless rope climbs with nine, seven, five squat snatch. So we'll do a lot of stuff like that where it's similar time domain, um, similar you know stimulus, but it's a completely different movement. Uh, but yeah, that's it's kind of the beauty of what we do is you can kind of change that stuff as much as you want. But like I said, I I really don't do a ton of the benchmark strict straight CrossFit.com benchmark workouts. We we use those as kind of a template. Um, and then another thing that we've actually started doing is it's tough, you know, because intensity is, the, is a huge, huge key in what we do. And CrossFit, you know, preaches intensity and, and all that stuff. Uh, one thing that I've started doing is is adding some actual like interval metcons into. So like we'll do that 975 with 321 legless, but we'll do it. We've done it. We did it three times. And so you rested till 10, almost complete rest and go again. And so. Um, you know, because that's one of the things with CrossFit, a lot of people are like, you only did a two minute workout today. And so, you know, we, how are you going to get better at a mile? You're not going to just run a mile. You're going to do it, you know, in different variations and a couple different times. So, um, that's, that's kind of something that I've learned over my, it's kind of crazy to think back, but I've been doing CrossFit going on 10 years. So that's, a third that's- of my- that's something that's helped me a lot too, just with my training is like, I don't do the exact thing that I'm called to do in competition. Uh, and when I do, um, it's still usually like a small variation and that just helps me from a mental perspective. I, I don't want to be, uh, 
I do need to know where I'm at sometimes, but I also don't want to be discouraged if I'm not uh, exactly where I want to be. And I think for someone like yourself, you probably already kind of know, like, you know, whether you're 5% off or 2% off or whether you're right on point. Right. Yeah. But I mean, it's still tough. I mean, there's days where you're, you don't realize how much um, stuff affects, you know, like the other day, yesterday, man, I was feeling great. I did a biker workout and actually like PR'd my 20 minute uh, watt test by like 10 watts, which is pretty big actually. And, you know, and so it's, you know, when those, those days are good, I try to strike while the iron's hot. And then there's going to be days where you're like, man, I feel like garbage. And you just try to just get through it, you know? And, and, um, and that's one of the big things is, you know, people talk about plateaus and, and overtraining and all that stuff. And as long as I try to keep it fun, you know, like there are times where I felt like I was not necessarily physically overtrained, but mentally, I think it's more of a mental thing than anything. As long, I mean, obviously there, there is science behind physical overtraining. Like if you're, you know, being ridiculous, but, um, I think it's more mental for me personally, uh, as long as I'm having fun and enjoying what I'm doing, it's hard for me to be overtrained. You know, CrossFit's really interesting at this point because nowadays, like with a lot of other established sports, you're seeing young kids starting, right? And they look like they're phenoms and they're doing some crazy stuff and then, and they're just starting really early. So for a 16 or 17 year old kid that might be listening and they, let's say they maybe they have a little bit of experience with the barbell. What would you tell them to do to get started? If they're like, I want to be a competitive CrossFit one in my twenties. Would you say start and find yourself a CrossFit box? Would you tell them to start with Olympic lifting? What should they do? Play as many sports as they can physically possibly play. Uh, I get this is this is actually this is my one soapbox that I get. So there's a couple soapboxes. But this is one of my main ones. I can't stand when kids come up to me and I'm like, hey, I quit playing football or I quit playing baseball to concentrate on being a professional CrossFitter. That drives me insane. If I could go back today at my age. I would have, I would have used CrossFit or used some type. Like I would have gotten in the weight. I would have squatted more. I never squatted growing up because I didn't really know how to do it, and our coach didn't teach us a ton about it. I did a bunch of bench press, bunch of pull-ups. You know, baseball players do forearm stuff. We did a ton of that. I would go back and squat, power clean, power snatch, all that stuff. However, I would, I would play sports. I would have played more sports. I played baseball. That was my concentration. You know, I thought, you know, I wanted to be a professional baseball player. If I could go back, I would have played more football. I would have tried other things. I think you need, you know, if you can play more sports, you're going to have a larger base. Uh, You've got the rest of your life to do CrossFit or be a professional fitness, whatever it is, but you can't go back to high school or college and play sports. Like, yeah, you can play softball, men's league, softball, beer league, softball, whatever. But you can't go back and you can't replace um, the memories that I have from the locker room, um, the competition that I had growing up playing baseball. You know, I can't, some of my best friends that I still talk to are from there. And you can't replace that. And so for me, uh, it, it rips, it kills me when I hear kids saying, oh, I'm, I'm, I quit just to concentrate on CrossFit. Use CrossFit for your sport. Obviously, I think, yeah, find a good affiliate. Uh, make sure you're doing the movements correctly. Don't necessarily worry so much about weight, more about how well you move and moving the bar uh, bar well or doing pull-ups correctly and all that type of stuff. Um, but man, play as many, man, woman, play as many sports as you can. How advanced has your training got? Um, you seem like uh, you're pretty bare bones, like I'm just going to like run or I'm going to sprint or I'm going to do a CrossFit workout. But has you have you done like CO2 maxes? Have you had 
you know, anyone come in and done scientific research? Do you have like a running coach and a lifting coach and a coach for each different thing or how, how do you do it? Yeah. So I've, I've, I've done my VO2 a couple of times. I did a kind of a case study with one of my ex professors where, um, post games, I did a VO2, uh, leading up to the open. I did a VO2 post regionals, VO2 games, VO2, just kind of cataloged my training throughout the year. Nothing like, super crazy we did you know some hand di- uh di- was a dynamometer dynamometer whatever it is uh testing did a vertical leap um uh, that type of stuff and then um there was a couple like one rep max stuff so i did that um what was that three or four years ago uh but as far as coaches you know i've worked with hinshaw some he gives us some running stuff we'll bounce some ideas off of each other um, I've never really had a lifting coach. I've worked with coach B some, you know, when he's in town, always great to work with him. Um, but then I've just kind of learned either what not, most of the time I've learned what not to do. Uh, <laughs> and then as far as CrossFit goes, I feel like, you know, with the team, you know, we'll, we'll kind of sit up, we'll write stuff on the board. Hey, what have we done? What have we not done recently? What time domains have we hit? Um, you know, what lifts have we not done? How's everybody feeling? We'll kind of make workouts like workouts like that. I did, honestly, I did have a swim coach a couple years ago and now um, we kind of do that on our own. But uh, yeah, I think, I think it's very beneficial to have specialty coaches for certain things. Um, as far as CrossFit coaches go, I don't really think anybody has it figured out as much as they think they do. Um, I think training partners is huge um, or, you know, somebody that's, the problem, and the problem with a lot of, I'll probably get in trouble for this, but problem with a lot of CrossFit coaches is they haven't been there. You know, like mm-hmm. uh, it's hard to hard to say, hey, well, you know, I know exactly what what's going to go on and what you need to do, but you you don't because you haven't competed, you haven't been um, in that moment and actually been a part of that. So, um, training partners for me is is a, a big thing. I like having a lot of people around and, and people that are going to push you. Yeah, just mainly working your ass off, right? Pretty much. There's that's the that's the thing is everybody thinks there's some some short short road or some you know easy way to get there, but it's 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 hard work. It always comes back to that. You know, on that note, you mentioned that they haven't been there, and you own a like you obviously you own your own big CrossFit gym. Post competing, or I don't know when that's going to be for you. Do you see yourself like? working with a lot of people in that way like what is it that you want to do outside of competition yeah i mean i'm still still trying to figure that out obviously um you know i always just kind of am you know what's the next uh, opportunity that presents itself um i would i think i i could help maybe do some coaching i just you know it's hard for me to I'm usually the the lead by example type of person versus rah rah get in your face give you some BS and pat you on the ass and tell you to good to go like um, I'm more like hey let's let's go do this I'm right there with you and I think honestly that comes from my parents like I said it was they were never going to ask me to do something that they weren't going to do um, and you know I never got some big speech from my dad about you know if I missed you know had played bad in baseball he's like well do better next time you know it was. It was just kind of an expectation. And so that's, I'm not really sure, to be honest. Uh, I, I feel like that probably will be where I end up and I want to be involved in the sport in some way. Um, I just am not sure how, how that, you know, on the team, that's not my, uh, I'm not the comforter or the, uh, the, 
the nurturer on the team. I'm more of the, Hey, why, why are you crying? I, I've got to go over here. I can't handle this. And it's, <laughs> it's like, I just, it's just my personality. And, you know, and obviously I'll, I'll do anything and, and help them out any way I can. As long as we stay under control and emotionally we're all right. You know, there's, um, uh, it's just not my, my forte. I think it'd be very beneficial for a lot of people just to hear your story. You know, that would, that would be a great place to start. So as many people as you can share your story with, of yeah. uh, you know, just how everything unfolded and how everything went for you, uh, where you uh, messed up and where you succeeded. People love hearing stories like that. And that'll be motivational without being like a speech, you know, it'd be motivational just in and of itself. It's just your body of work. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, that's kind of what I'm, I'm realizing is, you know, back when I first started doing CrossFit or, you know, won the games once or twice, people would ask me to come speak. And I'm like, uh, my biggest fear, honestly, from like college <laughs> was public speaking class, you know, like, um, it's, it's just was not where I wanted to be. And now I guess back then you feel like I didn't really do anything. Why do you want to listen to me speak? And so now it's kind of like, all right, let me tell you all the things I screwed up first and then, <laughs> then we'll tell you. Yeah. The, uh, your willpower can be built, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, for, you know, CrossFit or whether it's, uh, for like public speaking, you can kind of build up the nerve to, to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Just take some time. You got a question, Andrew? Yeah. Is, it, um, is it weird being you, uh, meaning like, uh, are you surprised at all that, you know, you, you go to a, a CrossFit event and, you know, fans are freaking out and you're just like, Dude, I've just been working my ass off my whole life. But yet now, you know, the, the name Rich Froning is something, it means something. It's, um, as, as of right now, you know, the, the greatest of all time when it comes to CrossFit, um, does any of that like weird you out at all? Yeah, a lot. You know, like when people, you know, try to take a picture and they're shaking or something like, or we had a guy cry the other day. I was just like, man, I, I just work out. Like it's, I work out a lot and it just happens to be that some people like to watch that, you know, and it's hard for me kind of like, or I try to tell them, Hey, no big deal. Like talk, we're, we're normal people. And, um, you know, luckily, like I said, I kind of grew into that. You know, if I would have, if it would have been an overnight thing, I would have been really freaked out. And now it's kind of like, you know, it, as the sport grew, I kind of grew with it. And so that helped a ton because like I said, back years ago, I was, I'm, and I'm still a little bit of a, not, a, I'm not an introvert by any means, but I'm not a, I'm, I don't like crowds. I'm not a huge, like, you know, outgoing person. And so that's something that I've kind of had to learn um, as, as we've gone and, and, if I had to do that overnight, I think it would have been even more awkward. Like if you go back and watch some old videos and in interviews and stuff, you can tell you're like, wow, that guy definitely needed some type of media training. Or <laughs> uh, it's, it's helped that I've kind of grown, grown into it. It wasn't a, an overnight thing. You know, uh, you actually touched on it a little bit. I'm not, I'm curious exactly what these pitfalls were that you mentioned, because you said there were a lot of things that you wish you didn't do. Um, what are those things that maybe you wish you didn't do that you might see other athletes doing? And uh, the second part that I want to know is because since everything you do is so intense, even to this day, what are your best recovery methods and things that you think others should be doing? Yeah. As far as things that uh, I did wrong is I didn't take care of my body when I was younger. Uh, I didn't get body work done. I didn't do those type of things. Um, then there's a lot of dumb workouts where you're just like, why did I do that? Uh, you know, as far as volume wise, rep wise, 
stuff like that. Um, I did this thing for almost a year and a half, two years, where I would do 300 calories on an airdyne every single day. Looking back, it probably could have been a little bit more productive. You know, like just stupid things where you're, you know, not necessarily. I don't, I don't think it was a detriment to my fitness, but I could have been a lot more smart with my time. And even like, you know, now that I've over the years have realized, hey, this these things uh, work, or like maybe I don't need to do as much volume as I thought I needed to do on certain things and all that type of stuff. It's just, you know, there's probably too many to really list, but those are the main things. Volume wise, just being smarter about how you're training, uh, taking the necessary um, recovery needs and stuff like that. I still honestly, you know, people ask how many rest days I take. Um, I feel better when I move every day. You know, some days may not be uh, as high intensity or as, um, you know, as stressful, but I still, still move every single day. And, and one of the big things too, is like, uh, Thursdays now, um, I just usually just swim and bike. So it's a little bit easier on my joints. Um, someday I usually just bike so I can hang out with the family a little bit more, but you know, and then as far as those, I guess that kind of leads into the next question. As far as recovery goes, um, swimming is a huge one for me. I really like to swim. I use it as a, a hard training session, but it doesn't beat me up as bad. Mm. And so I do that usually twice a week, around 2,500 meters each time I'm in the pool. Um, like I said, with the bike erg, I do that twice a week. It's, um, doesn't beat me up like running does, but I can still get pretty decent workouts. And I actually last year also bought a, a cold tub, but not like a nice fancy cold tub. Like uh, I went to Walmart or uh, to Lowe's and bought a, uh, a deep freezer and put a, an aquarium thermostat in there and keep it at about 50 degrees. And so I sit in that. Um, I haven't been doing it as much because it's been so cold outside, but now that it's warmed up, I'll start doing that again every day, about 10 to 15 minutes. And that really helped. Um, I have infrared sauna that I use. Not as much as I'd like to because I have three kids. And so if I'm in there, the kids are in and out and losing all the heat. And <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, but that was a, a big thing for me that I really like to do when I have the time. Uh, a regular sauna, too, as well. Whenever I get done swimming, I usually sit in a regular sauna. Um, Recovery-wise, I've used uh, – I, I really like the Hypervolt gun um, or the Theragun. Man, yeah, that thing great, is yeah. mag magic. Um and like I said, the biggest thing is now I've been going to this doctor, this DO once a week and doing, uh, he'll just put me back in the line. He'll do some of this, uh, you know, joint therapy stuff and then some acupuncture, honestly. And, and as weird as that sounds years ago, I was like acupuncture, uh, but it's helped move some inflammation and make me feel better. We have a lady that comes every two weeks and does uh, dry needling. Um, that's another one that we do. Um, uh, that's pretty much it as far as recovery. Like I said, it's it, the hardest part, and that's the one thing that still gets a little bit neglected is recovery. Just with having three kids, like if I'm trying to recover for an hour, my wife sees me sitting around for an hour. How's that going to go? Usually not very. Uh, so that's usually the biggest thing. Like I said, is making a point to not letting myself get to the point where it'd be I'm falling apart, so I'll go see somebody. Um, it's hey. Once a week, take the hour and a half, go see somebody, stay in line, 
make sure you're recovering versus let the wheels fall off, try to put everything back together. That's, that's been the big thing. Does your training um, at least adhere to something along the lines of uh, you are maybe concerned about recovery? So just because you can do something doesn't mean that you should. So in a given workout, you can go full blast and you can really blast yourself out. You have a tremendous work capacity. So that's got to be a little bit in the back of, my, back of the mind. You want to be intense and you want to go hard, but you probably just pull back a little bit on something or say, that's not smart to do that today. Yeah. Yeah. Usually it's just go as fast as the one rep faster than the person who I'm training with. It's usually <laughs> the, that, yeah. I mean, cause you only have so many days where you can actually full on, you know, put the pedal to the metal cause it takes so much out of you. But uh, yeah, I mean, obviously we're training hard, but probably, you know, we say go as hard as you can, but it's probably around 85, 90% if you had to really look at it. And then, like I said, it's being smart. We're like, Hey, my knee is a little bit, you know, a little bit swollen today. My hip's not feeling great on that side. Let's not, uh, let's not go for a five rep max, you know, front squat or something like that. And, and just trying to be smart about that type of stuff is like, Hey, the benefit I might get or the strength I might get actually might not help because I can't walk tomorrow. So uh, that's, that's as hard as it is to be smart. Sometimes you got to do that. Yeah. Is it, uh, is it, is it tough when you're in your gym and you have your guys around you and, you know, maybe someone's trying to compete with you or you have a guest and they walk in and you're like, you know, oh, I'm going to take it easy today. And they're like, well, wait, but you're, you're the CrossFit champ. I'm going to, I'm going to see what you got. Is it hard to kind of step back from that? Uh, it used to be now I'm like, I'm all right. You know, I, I, I don't have to prove to you anything. Nice. Uh, you know, for, for the first couple of years, it was like, oh yeah, I just did that. But you know what? I'll do it again because you're doing it. And then somebody new would come in. Cause you know, back then I, you know, I'd have a group that would come train in the morning. I'd have a group that came and trained in midday and a group that would come train in afternoon. And so I'm like, oh yeah, well, I'm going to do what I did already again, because I'm proof to you, I'm fitter than you. And then the afternoon, same thing. And now luckily we all kind of all trains together. And so it's not that big a deal. Um, so we all kind of hold each other accountable. Um, but yeah, it was for years, it was just like, oh yeah, I had every power clean this morning. Let's do it again. Just because so I was like, yeah, maybe Dave might make us do that at the game. So I might have to be ready for that. And then I was like, this is dumb. I'm an idiot. Those are some of the things, like you said, uh, things that I learned is, hey, you don't have to. There's still some days that I feel like I, I want to, like, show how fit I am to, to new people or to, the, you know, the group that I'm with. But there's most days I'm like, I'm, I'm good. I'm all right. I'm going to be smart here. What do you think of the current state of CrossFit? Oh, man. Um it's confused, honestly. Um, you know, you can't, I, I don't really know how to feel about some of the stuff. Like obviously Greg has big picture ideas that he's wanting to do and it's his baby. And if he wants to burn it to the ground, he can do that. You know, like, uh, it's his, it's his to do. And, you know, as, as, as an athlete, it's, Hey, we just got to roll with the punches and have to adapt it at what the, the new standard is going to be or what the new, um, new norm is going to be. And there's not much we can do and just, just do what we can or control what we can control. And that's train hard and work hard and, and try to put the best team out there, or best individual, whoever you are, um, out there. I think, uh, like I said, it's, it's, it's Greg's, it's Greg's baby to burn or do whatever he wants with. And, and we can't really do anything about it. And, um, I'm, I'm interested to see what's going to happen at the games this year. Um, you know, there's a couple things that, you know, I, I think would, 
would be ran could be run a little bit different. Like I think the open is a little bit hard to let people qualify to the games out of the open. Um, you know, as much as we want to say crossfitters are all you know holier than thou and nobody's going to cheat, I'm, I feel like there's might be some cheaters out there, and, and um, you know it is what it is. Um, do you think maybe CrossFit should have like a board of maybe some uh, former champions like yourself, and maybe get a couple people together to maybe you know, make some decisions on CrossFit games or things of that matter, maybe? I think it might be beneficial, but like I said, it's it's Greg's to, right. to do with what he I mean, if he asked um, me to help out or ask a, a bunch of us ex-athletes or uh, ex-champions to sit down and, and kind of go through some stuff, I'd be happy to help. Um, but I don't think he has to do that. Um, I think it might be beneficial, but if, if that's not what he wants to do and he wants to run it how he wants to run it, go for it, man. You mentioned cheating. Uh, have you seen or uh, or how do you feel about the uh, testing? Uh, have you been tested for PEDs yourself? And, you know, what have you kind of seen in, in the CrossFit game? Because a lot of people will say, look how jacked these guys are. Look how ripped these guys are. Look what look at their performances of the men and the women. And they think that people are on anabolic steroids or PEDs. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I'm 192 pounds and 5'9". Uh, <laughs> steroids. I would like to find some better steroids. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm all for testing and all for doing as much testing as possible. I've been tested a couple times out of season, um, urine and blood. Um, everybody talks about how easy it is to cheat. I guess I'm just too stupid to even look up how to cheat or don't even, I, you know, I feel like they'd f- somehow find that on my phone. Um, I've never <laughs> done any of that stuff. Somehow last year when we showed up to register, um, I got randomly or my team got randomly selected and I got randomly selected to drug test at registration. Um, and then post, um, games, they read or they, uh, test all the individuals and teams at podium. And somehow I got randomly selected, uh, to give blood after the games too. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm all for, I'll, if they, you probably couldn't give blood every single day, but if I could go back and give, all the blood I had and, and as many urine samples as I could just to shut people up, I would do it. Um, you know, I think people are going to cheat and, and, you know, it's naive to say, well, CrossFitters, they would never cheat. And, you know, <laughs> as soon as you start throwing money in there or fame or any of that type of stuff, people are going to cheat. And so, um, yeah, I, there might be some cheaters out there. Uh, they did catch some people last year. Um, at regionals and all that type of stuff. So I feel like they kind of stepped up their game, but I don't know. We'll see. Has CrossFit ever uh, broken you? You know, you mentioned, uh, you know, losing the 2010 games, and I'm sure you've had, I know me personally, I, I've had workouts where I've driven home from the gym and I've been super frustrated, mad, sad. I've even cried after workouts and stuff like that before. Has CrossFit ever broken you down? Oh, yeah, for sure. After 2010, like I said, there was, you know, I was I was in a dark place, didn't like where I was at, um, didn't enjoy doing any of that stuff. And then really this man, this knee stuff was hard. It was, uh, you know, I couldn't do the things I wanted to do, couldn't train the way I wanted to train. Um, it, it's really kind of an emotional thing when you can't squat, you know, as, as bad as it sounds, you're like squats are terrible, but it takes out so much, uh, so much more than you'd think. And man, I, there would be days where I would just like be mad to be mad at my kids. And I'm like, what, what am I doing? Like, you know, and so that injuries are, are, are has been really hard. And that was the, um, it's, it's not fun. And, and 
like I said, it's, uh, yeah, there's been days where, you know, have a bad workout or things happen and you're just like, why am I, why am I letting this, you know, really mess with me this bad? Like tomorrow's a new day. And that's, and that's something that I've had to kind of learn is like, Hey, there's going to be days that, um, you're not going to feel, um, as fit or as strong or as healthy as you think you are. And then there's going to be days where you feel great. And so it's, it's like I talked about earlier, kind of with, um, every day's a new day. You know, everybody that does a, a big sport wants to be wants to be the best at it. No matter when they start, they want to try and be the best. If you can go back to like, you know, 11 to 14, I know you said that there's something you need to have internally to be able to do something like that, to be able to achieve that. Mentally, what does that look like on a day-to-day basis? Like, yeah, you're training hard, but what's going on in your head? Oh, man. Like I said, it was uh, waking up every single morning was my goal was to win the CrossFit games and I would sacrifice any and everything. Like that's what I wanted to do. And I don't know, honestly, you know, we were talking earlier how, where that really came from. I think it was a mix of everything. Um, I'm one of 32 first cousins on my mom's side, 25 of us are boys. And so any get together, any family get together, uh, was always some type of competition. And I hated losing. I hated the embarrassment. Like, even if it was just me and somebody else, I felt embarrassed losing. And I still feel that, you know, it's like, uh, you know, the, the saying, you know, I like to, I don't like to win as much as I hate losing. That is 1000% true. Like I, I feel embarrassed losing in anything. It, it, it's so stupid, but it's just the way <laughs> wired, I guess. Um, you mentioned earlier about goals and you kind of said, uh, that you don't really set a lot of goals. Um, are you the kind of person that like writes things down sometimes, like in terms of maybe something that you want to do business wise, or, uh, if a certain idea comes, uh, to your mind, um, for something that you may want to do with, uh, one of your sponsors like rogue fitness or something you want to do with the gym. Do you, do you journal things? Do you write things down? How do you stay on track with that kind of stuff? Yeah, I'm, I'm not a huge, uh, write down, you know, don't write down a ton of things. If I do have some type of idea, I will either notepad it um, or I usually just go immediately to the source of whoever I think can get that done. Uh, if it's something for the gym, you know, I have a couple different directors that are in charge of different things. I'll be like, Hey, what do you think of this? And we kind of bounce some ideas back and forth. You know, I'm, um, I'm not a huge, like, I, I like other people's input. So I like to say, Hey, what do you think of this versus, Oh, I know that's a good idea. I, I want to hear somebody else. And you know, they may have a better, you know, just maybe needed to push and they can run with the idea. Um, yeah, I'm not a huge, like, like I said, I'm a huge journal. Uh, I don't keep a journal or anything like that, but I do have a notepad on my phone, you know, I'll write down all my workouts and all that type of stuff. Um, but as far as like, you know, writing stuff down, uh, not a huge, huge, person in that what's something that you enjoy to enjoy doing that uh maybe most people wouldn't think of like uh are you at home watching some uh, crappy reality tv or you know you have anything like that in your back pocket <laughs> huge tv fan i mean i like movies uh i'm ready for the marvel the new uh, end game to come out we are yes. going to china and it is coming out earlier there oh, so cool. I will- um, and the, the, it is in english uh, i found that out too um yeah no i mean, i love all those movies um, I was never a huge comic book person though, but I love the movies. What else? Um, I like the office. I just now started watching office as surprising as that is. It's, um, it's definitely, I can't believe it, it took me so long to watch <laughs> it. Um, 
but man, I, I don't really have a ton of time for TV. If I do watch TV, it's mostly Disney Junior. So yeah. <laughs> uh, talk about there. I'm a huge sports fan. Um, love love watching Notre Dame football as bad as it was to watch the Cotton Bowl. Um, and then I like to just man, I like to be outside. I like to hunt, uh, play any type of sport I can, as long as you know I, I can still move around and do stuff. Uh, picked up hockey the last five or six years ago. Um, like to go, we have lakes around here. So do some, uh, like wake surfing. Uh, I used to wakeboard a lot until I, um, I don't have that switch. It's like, Hey, you shouldn't do that. Um, and now I'm too old for that. So yeah, I just like, like being outside, like doing stuff like that. Into any books? Um, yeah. So I, I do have a goal to read a biography about every U S president. Um, I read all of, uh, Bill O'Reilly's killing books. I uh, read all of those. And then I read Reagan's biography, uh, read and almost finished with George Washington. So I, I kind of backtracked and then I'm going back to the beginning, read George Washington's biography. Uh, I met president W uh, George W Bush, and then he gave me a signed copy of his book. So that's pretty cool. Um, you would enjoy, um, it's on the history channel. It's called the men who built America. And oh, yeah. it's uh, the, the frontier. It's got like, you know, Daniel Boone and all those people on it. Pretty, pretty cool. It that kind of kind of reminds me of you. I can picture you uh, in one of those funny little hats, you know, with the raccoon on it or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> hunting down some hunting down some uh, deer. I had uh, one of my lieutenants at the fire department. We couldn't watch anything but the History Channel. So for <laughs> years, I actually really enjoy history. So um, it's pretty cool. But yeah, I, that sounds like something I'd really like. What's your favorite thing to do with your family? Oh, man. Uh, my kids right now love riding around in our Razor, like a, a side-by-side. Um, oh, cool. You know, just having them outside and, like, Lakeland has this little, uh, it's called a stay cycle, so a stability bike that is a motorcycle. It's got an electric engine, little motor on it. Um, it's pretty awesome to have her just ripping around on that thing and, you know, just being out there and, and doing things with them and, and having some fun. And like I said, my son right now is just, he's a, he's a tornado. We call him Trismanian devil or Trisaster or, uh, Trisnado. He's, he literally just destroys everything. So they're fun. And then my youngest, she's just the sweetest thing. And she's only, a, she's only a year old though, but, um, she's starting to get some, you know, starting to try to walk and, and do that stuff. So it's fun. And am I tripping or did I just, uh, did I just see you recently break a 16.2 record or was that a while ago? Yeah, no, that was 16.2. It was actually after uh, I saw Mark up in, uh, in Columbus, you know, all the other guys were doing it and, you know, I was traveling a lot, so I couldn't do it that morning. And so, uh, Monday I was like, let's do this. And, and I honestly going into it and as lame as this sounds, I was like, just don't hurt yourself. Um, you know, I hadn't cleaned anything over 275 in months. And so, uh, hitting three, set, three fifteen for seven reps was, was going to be a little shaky. And, uh, we came out the other side. All right. So it was good. Yeah. Watching you guys work out that day was insane. There was like 12 or 13 championships between everybody that was, uh, at rogue that day. There's a lot of people in there that are pretty fit. <laughs> it was, I was like, man, I'm too, I'm way too fat for this room. I need to get out of here. <laughs> All right. Hey, man, thank you so much uh, for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Um, where can people find you? And um, if you have anything coming up that you'd like to promote, go ahead and fire it out. Cool, yeah. No, I appreciate you guys having me. Sorry I couldn't make it out there to you, so we're going to do it Skype-wise. But, uh, 
you know, Rich Froning on Instagram, just at Rich Froning, Instagram, Twitter. I don't really do a ton of t- tweeting, twitting. Uh, we have a YouTube channel, just CrossFit Mayhem, and then CrossFitMayhem.com, pretty much all that. And then uh, we do have Froning Farms coming out, so we'll see what that turns into. Really, really not sure what that's going to be, but um, we'll have some bison. Oh, awesome. Yeah, and then you, you've created some products with uh, Rogue Fitness, and you, you have some uh, different barbells, and then um, – even with uh, Reebok, you guys created a shoe together, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. So Rogue, I've got a, a barbell, uh, a squat stand at the in for you know home gym type squat stand, uh, jump rope, and then with Reebok, we have uh, apparel. We got uh, shoes, shorts, shirt. Really enjoy that. Uh, it was pretty cool to to work with them on that type of stuff. So yeah, what's it uh, been like uh, being part of that process where they you know this huge company shows you like these different color shoes and these different styles. And then they show you different equipment from rogue and they say, Hey, you know, pick out what you'd like or tweak it. What's that experience yeah. been like? Bill with rogue is awesome. You know, Bill and Katie are, are the best. Um, they're super supportive and they're just, they get it. You know, they're like, Hey, we're going to make this black barbell, put an R star on it. What else you want to do? And so, you know, we kind of changed the knurling up and did a couple different things. That's awesome. And then, Hey, if you were going to have a squat stand in your basement, what would you do? Uh, so I have that. And then with Reebok, you know, building the shoe, Tal Short um, with Reebok is awesome. And he, you know, at first you're kind of like, I, I really don't know. And then he's like, all right, do this. You know, what, what things do you like about a shoe? What do you not like about a shoe? And, um, and we, he did a great job with that. So it's, it was a cool process. Uh, you know, it was a long process. It took us a couple, two years basically to get it done. But I um, was really happy with the way it came out on the other side. Yeah, to see how much uh, Rogue has grown from the beginning is insane. Because you said uh, you probably started with them around 2010 or so, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, 2011, but yeah, it was. Yeah. man, just they're just awesome people, and they just work hard. And literally, that's that's you know a true testament to uh, just just work, and they've done it. Thanks again, man. Really appreciate you coming on the show. Awesome guys, you want to visit Cookville? Come on out. Uh, I definitely do. I definitely do, for sure. Open invitation. Have a great day. See you guys. Thanks. We got to start working out, I think. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Yeah, you've been really slacking off in SEMA. I know, man. It's it's pretty rough. I'm out of shape. I'm getting out of shape. It's showing. I I love uh, that he's just so physical, you know? Like, he's not... um, He's just like a doer. Like he doesn't even, he doesn't have time to really stop and even think. I don't think he's just like constantly doing shit. It's ingrained in him. You can tell like even always running around as a kid, always doing stuff. He's just used to that. Mm. He doesn't get up in the morning and meditate and journal. He just does things. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. He's just a savage. Or it just seems like, you know, he doesn't need to write stuff down because he's like probably just a genius, right? He just like, no, I, why would I write that down? I know exactly what my day's going to look like or, you know, what have you. I think he's just uh, living in the moment too. You know, he's just going, going, cool. going, and then something probably pops up in his head or whatever, like he said, and he just contacts whoever, yeah, <laughs> whoever to help him out with it, you know? Yeah. It's, um, it's almost like scary, right? Like the, uh, his attitude towards like, I'm going to win, like, cause I hate losing. It worked out fantastic for him, but like, you know, that could almost become toxic in someone else who might not have this, the work capacity that he has. But I mean, shit, he, obviously he, you got a good grasp on it yeah i think you can only be that way if you're coming out on top more often you know Mm because otherwise you really are i've seen a lot of crossfitters really crash and burn and just be super upset with themselves and 
be really frustrated with where they're at. And then they, they try some of these workouts and they, they do the same weights as everybody else and they're injured. And it's like, well, that, this isn't going to, this isn't going to help your injury. This is going to make it way worse. You know? Yeah. I wonder how many big losses he has to deal with because his first games, he got second, literally the first time he competes in CrossFit, he gets second. Yeah. Right. And then he gets first, 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 first piece. <laughs> like that, that's, that's crazy. You know, you don't like, uh, I wonder if, like what he, if there were any like big losses he had as a, you know, as a teenager or if he's mm-hmm. always just been kind of close to the top and being close to winning at things. Cause I mean, to come out and go get second in your first games, that's not normal. Yeah. I think most CrossFitters that are at a high level, they were at least pretty good at something previously. And, um, he was a good baseball player, good enough to play in college. And, uh, with uh, Matt Frazier. Matt Frazier was a good Olympic lifter. Mm. Um, not not great, not the best, uh, but very, very good. And that makes a huge difference. And then, and then they get into the sport that maybe plays into their height, uh, their body weight, and it just ends up being kind of a perfect recipe. And he, as he mentioned, he just was out playing all the time as a kid. So it's like, where's that work capacity come from to compete in something like the CrossFit games is like a five day event. And I think it's, it's, I think four out of the five days are brutal. And there's like one day where there's like a little less stuff, I guess, or something like that. It's at least four days in a row or something. And you know, how do you have a work capacity for that? Well, maybe the work way you have work capacity for that is to, uh, be a wild man when you're a kid. You know, I think, uh, Matt Frazier's life was similar. I think he, uh, grew up doing a lot of stuff outside. Something like hunting is like long duration. Like, is hunting really that exhausting? I mean, it depends on what you're hunting and how you're doing it. Um, but it's but it's like long and it's like a long, slow process. And I would imagine that if you traveled somewhere to hunt, you know, you might hunt for a few days in a row. And you kind of think about like, okay, well, that kind of matches up with what you're doing in CrossFit. And then when you kill something, what do you got to do? You got to drag it, you know, it's mm-hmm. heavy. There's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of good physical activity that I think was embedded into uh, Rich Froning's life at a young age, which helped build him. Yeah. And being uncomfortable for long periods of time is the big thing, because when you get to that exhaustion point during one of those workouts, and it's not like it's towards the end, it's like halfway through, mm. you're feeling dead and you have another half of a workout to finish off. That takes a lot of just a lot of grit. Yeah, you must have to pretty much always stay in shape otherwise that restart would be so hard mm-hmm. you know if you went out and you were supposed to do a uh you know a five mile run and you went out and you're two miles in and you're like half dead yeah that wouldn't be that would be a shitty feeling or you're midway through a workout that takes 20 minutes uh watching you know watching these guys work out and girls it was man it it blew my mind watching matt frazier uh do that workout that he was talking about was the 16.2 you said mm-hmm. right or 19.2 uh watching him do that workout was wild it was just he did clean after clean with like 315 i think it was and him and Frazier were in the gym at the same time yeah or him and mm-hmm. froning were in the gym at the same time yeah yeah they were in the gym at the same time they were doing different workouts um but like camille leblanc was in there she's won the crossfit games um Sarah Sigmund's daughter was in there. She's won the cross. I mean, there's just a bunch of CrossFit games champions. It was just, it was crazy to watch him work out, but to watch him continually 
manage this, you know, 315 on the bar for, you know, clean after clean. He would do like three reps in a row, and then he'd take a little break, and he'd do two reps in a row, and then he'd take a break, but he was just just destroying it. I was like, this mm-hmm. is insane. And Rich Froning's doing like a workout that he's considered to be like easy, and he's doing single leg squats, um, GHR, and like maybe some double unders. He was going back and forth between all three of these things, and he's talking to me as he's like doing them, <laughs> you know, and he's just just cranking right through it. But I think that's a great thing about CrossFit, and it's something that I've tried to share with people many times. It's like your workout doesn't need to take an hour, you know. Your workout doesn't. There's not a there's not like a prescribed time associated with having a good workout. You yeah. can go in the gym for 15 minutes. Um, I mean, we could go in the gym right now and, and do some uh, shoulders and have a good shoulder workout, and it could take 12, 15 minutes if we really wanted it to, right? Yeah. We could still be very, very productive, use uh, drop sets or supersets or something like that. And uh, dog crap training. Yeah, the dog crap mm-hmm. training. It's like you do basically five sets in a row, uh, broken up with 10-second increments in between, mm-hmm. and you drop the weight a little bit. Um but, you know, CrossFit's kind of the same thing. It's like if you're going to do three things at one time, which is like a triplet, they call it. Yeah. Um, or you're going to go back and forth between two exercises. I mean, what if you're doing uh, burpees and pull-ups? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, first of all, how long are you going to be able to do that for? And then yeah. secondly, <laughs> how much more training do you need for the day? You know, yeah. it's mm-hmm. you can be done with it quickly and you can get, get in and out of it. So yeah. that's exactly why I wanted to start CrossFit, though, back in the day. It's because... I saw all these super jack people lifting. I loved lifting, but mm-hmm. I also like wanted to be super jacked at the same time. It was inspiring to see that. But, uh, but like, I think that's kind of like what I, I don't do CrossFit now, but you know, I do something that's high with cardiovascular work and then I still get to lift. I have the best of both worlds. This mm-hmm. is kind of what I was aiming for in terms of the athlete I wanted to be. So it's not CrossFit, but it's CrossFit. That's cool that you found it though. Cause I think a lot of people don't, a lot of people don't find it because they're told like, no, this is the way you have to do this. And it's like, yeah, I'm sure you want to, I'm sure you want to deadlift 800 pounds, like, or 775 or get a PR on or something. But you're also like, well, no, my priority right now is jujitsu. And so I'm not really leaning towards that, you know, bigger deadlift or that PR just yet, but you're maintaining your strength. You're keeping it up, maybe even getting a little bit stronger and it's able to show up on the mat where that's the priority, you know, but I think a lot of people, they don't really ever find it because nah, you know, you can't do bodybuilding and powerlifting at the same time. And, you know, you shouldn't really be doing all that cardio because that's going to break down your muscles. And, um, that's the stuff I try to share with people every day. Sometimes people get pissed about it when I talk about it, but look, if you like walking and you like running or you like, and you like lifting or whatever the thing is, things are that you like, you can figure out ways to get them all done and, and still be, uh, very productive and it's not about peds all the time um you can still figure it all out you can figure out a way to um implement fasting you can figure out a way to implement running into your workouts i'm running about two or three days a week that's not excessive that's not a lot like if that does pull away from my lifting then it should only pull away from my lifting for a real short period of time you know it shouldn't and i'm not killing myself i'm not running miles and miles and miles but uh, just something I wanted to do. I wanted to increase my cardiovascular training and, um, I didn't really necessarily do it for body comp, but I, you know, it certainly helps. 
And, uh, you know, I just think it's cool to find, like, find your thing, find what feels good. It makes you feel awesome. Got to experiment more. And I do think it's super cool that he picked up fasting. I wasn't expecting that, especially with the kind of workouts he does. Like, you know, he's still performing at a high level and you know that his high level is extremely high, even though he's not like, I don't know, 14 shape. He's still in disgustingly good shape. He's, he's a meathead through and through. And that's what I've always admired about him. He really is a meathead. Jason Kalipa tries to cover up the fact that he's a meathead, but Jason Kalipa is a knucklehead and he's a meathead a hundred percent. Both those guys, they love to train. They love it. They love the barbell. And I'm not saying it and trying to say derogatory things about them. They're both very, very smart people. And there's a ton of things to learn from both of them. But you even saw with Rich, he's not like this super deep guy. He just goes and does it, which I, I admire that. I think that's cool. Like he doesn't need, he doesn't need like a motivational speech. He doesn't need a, a bunch of hype. He doesn't need a bunch of caffeine and stuff to get himself fired up for a workout. It's just, it's just in there. Mm-hmm. He just goes and he just does it and he kicks everybody's ass. Yeah. His gym setting's interesting too. He has like gospel songs playing throughout the, uh, throughout every workout. It's pretty dope. <laughs> yeah. Hey, whatever, whatever works for you. And then he's got a bunch of world champions there too. I, I, that was amazing. He got everybody to move to Tennessee. Some of these high level coaches and athletes and stuff. Super cool. Anyway, we're going to get out of here. Strength is never weak this week. This is never strength. Catch you guys later.